everyone. This is Liz from Spawned. Just wanted to let you know that this is a special episode coming up. It is tough. It's explicit. It's difficult. And so consider this a trigger warning if you have young kids around or this is something you don't think you can handle yourself. We're going to be covering a really tough topic today. Hello and welcome to Spawned. This is Kristen. And this is Liz. And this is a special episode because there is a lot of stuff going on this week that we just have to talk about right now as women do. Yep. And as moms of girls, well, and of a boy too. No cool pics here tonight. No ad reads. Just us talking. So yeah, Kristen, you and I were texting over dinner while I was drinking a mojito and trying to avoid the news for 20 minutes that the news broke this week about major Hollywood producer Harvey Weinstein being basically outed for systematically abusing, harassing, and sexually preying on young women for decades. Yes. And I don't know if we need to say allegedly or not. No, fuck that. I'm not saying allegedly. (laughs) Oh, and if you think this is like a non-explicit episode, (laughs) no, this is explicit. So, well, let's start from the beginning. The New York Times broke an article on October 8th that basically discovered and shared that he had settled on how many cases did you read that, Liz? There were like, I thought there were like eight or nine yeah, cases. Many, many, many cases of sexual harassment. This all came to the surface thanks to this New York Times article. And it seems like all hell has broken loose, wouldn't you say, Liz? Yeah, I think that's an understatement. And I, I think the reason we want to talk about this now is because I've been crying for two days. Yeah, it's been pretty bad. I'm sure you're not alone. I know that on Facebook and on Twitter, It's all that anyone can talk about. And quite frankly, I'm glad. I'm glad to see that people are talking about it. I'm glad to see that there are more women coming forward. I think the first one to come forward was Ashley Judd. Yep. And Rose McGowan. Yep. Rose McGowan. And of course, the mudslinging started right away. Yeah. And actually, Rose McGowan is one of those people who had a settlement with him. I don't know if you knew that, Liz. Yes, I did. Yeah. Yeah, And then Lauren Sivan, who was the uh, reporter, came forward to say, yes, this really happened to me, and to put her name with her awful account of being accosted by him in the basement of Cipriani's, where he, and he's a large man, Kristen, I've met him in person. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he's big. He's a big, intimidating guy, and he's a loud, angry guy. Well, and, and he's he... also a powerful guy. I mean, yes, this yes. is somebody who was basically the person in movies. I mean, if you wanted to make it in Hollywood, this was the person that you needed to get in front. I mean, if he put you in a movie, you were going to be a guaranteed star. Yeah. And I, I say this also, not that people don't know that, but I know that there are so many questions coming about of, well, why didn't they come forward? Why is this the first time we've heard of anything? Oh, and Why this hasn't is anyone said anything, what gets me so angry. So always angry. the and question. And so when Lauren came forward, you know, she basically put her name with the story and she was willing to come forward to talk about how he cornered her in a basement, basically set her up in a hallway of a restaurant in New York City, tried to kiss her. And when she said she did not want to kiss him, she had a boyfriend. He said, then you can just stand there and be quiet. And he basically pulled his dick out, masturbated in front of her into a potted plant. And she was horrified obviously. And I tweeted a note of support to her, which of course got picked up in Twitter moments, which led to like crazy trolls saying stupid ass shit, you know, and it started with some guy saying like, oh, are you willing to, I said, we have your back or something like that. And he said, oh, are you willing to uh, put money behind it if she sued for defamation? (sighs) 
And okay. and I said, if your first thought is to find a way to denigrate me instead of sympathizing with a victim, time to do a little soul searching. And I think that's why this has been so overwhelming. I think it brings up a lot of stuff that we've all been through as women, especially those of us who've <laughs> lived more lives, <laughs> had more more life in our life than other women. <laughs> yeah, um, for sure. And then seeing like that this is the reaction, I wanted to reach through the screen, grab this stupid ass troll and be like, you are the problem. This is why people don't want to come forward. And thank goodness for the people that did because it got the ball rolling and now oh my gosh like you said all hell's broken loose. I know the stories are all coming it's out overwhelming and I know you know there were a few folks like Meryl Streep and Judy Dench who came out who had not been directly affected at least according to them mm -hmm. but now we're hearing accounts so I think the tone has changed now look he's been fired Good. and I have to say there have been a lot of actions that have been taken by that company also by board members resigning I mean people were very quick to distance themselves from him which I do find fascinating and I don't know about you Liz but I have to say this to me seems very different are people just tired of the shit or do they not have a lot of patience because of what we've had to put up with politically? Or is there something else going on here? I'm, I'm curious to, to know what well, you think. Well, I think there's a whole lot going on. And I, I think this is like a big tangled web. Because on one hand, yes, it's great he was fired. On the other hand, you know, there's a lot of questions about complicity. You know, how much were these board members aware of this for years? It seems like some Hollywood stars were like, yeah, I kind of knew he was a lech. But, you know, I at least differentiate between adulterous lechy men and sex predators. I think yeah. there's distinction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's sad that we have to make that distinction. And you know, there's that article also that I'm reading that Matt Damon and Russell Crowe knew about this and kind of squashed whatever it was, whether it was a report. Actually, I believe it was another New York Times article yeah. that was supposed to come out a while ago. And they allegedly <laughs> got that yeah. squashed. Well, I will say, and this is not in defense of anybody, because I still think this is very early in the story. And there's a lot that's going to come out still. For example, I saw yesterday, which was October 9th, The Guardian was saying, we reached out to this list of 15 actors and they refused to comment. Now, here's the thing. Those 15 actors, by the way, including like Lin-Manuel Miranda and George Clooney, were not refusing to comment. They were refusing to talk to The Guardian. There's a big difference. So all of a sudden, everyone's like, oh, you're all horrible people. You're right, hypocrites. Right, you're right, terrible. Right. And I thought George Clooney just gave a huge, long, soul-bearing interview in great detail that was very nuanced to the Daily Beast about it. So maybe he just didn't want to talk to like a British tabloid. Right. So right. I, I want to kind of reserve some judgment till I know everything that's going on. Yeah, I think that's smart. But the one thing I will not reserve judgment on is I give these women 100% benefit of the doubt. And it makes me sick to see people who are so fast to try to smear them, to try to smear other women. Oh, Hillary Clinton. Like, she somehow has something to do with this, Kristen. She's the most oh, powerful woman in the entire planet. <laughs> she was able to um, turn Harvey Weinstein into a sexual predator somehow. Yeah, all her fault. You know, it's almost like people are so uncomfortable with this idea that they look for ways to make it not so. How could this be so? It's so, it's like that horrible. Right. Well, I mean, I think there's psychological explanations for that. I mean, it's it's denial. It's also just the inability to be able to believe something because you are so stuck in your one system of truth, right? That any form of new knowledge, understanding that could attack that belief is going to feel like an attack on you. Yeah. And it's also an attack on, I don't want to say our, because it's certainly not mine 
my, but I think their reality. Yeah. And people get very defensive. Like that's very disruptive when something you've believed for so long, like let's say like Harvey Weinstein, like we believed that he was a good person or whatever, was a honest person. And I'm not just talking about him. There are so many people in the news today and, and over the past year, it feels like especially. Yeah. So this is not just him. This is all these people. Like we believed something specific about them, or at least we believe that people who are capable of this wouldn't be in that position. And they are. And Bill Cosby, obviously, is, I think, the first person that comes to mind yeah. for me, where it's like yeah. America's dad. How could he be capable of this? Exactly. And, yeah. Exactly. And so there are people that are going to be like, no, that can't be true because it, it disrupts their reality. To believe that's possible is very scary. And I think a lot of the reaction, I mean, people are just dicks. Let's put it that way. But there's there are, a lot yeah. of reaction of people are truly scared. People are afraid. And I think that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad we're talking about this because it's brought up so many feelings in us and I know other women and and men, hopefully too, but also our kids are going to get wind of this. They are. They are. And, and we'll get to how we're talking to them about it because the very first night I sat down with my 10-year-old and just right away started talking to her about this because I think that's important. But here's one of the reasons it's so triggering to use the word of the 21st century right. is that I think women have been absolutely traumatized for the last year knowing that we have a sexual predator just like this in the White House. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with you by any means. I called Twitter, they should rename it Trigger. <laughs> I use it for work, but I really personally stay away from it because I can't take all the abuse, honestly. Yeah. I no, feel no, no, like no. It's, it's, it's brutal. And I'm on there more than you are. Like, you know, I have different social media for different things. That's my political place. And, you know, I was really grateful to Judd Legum of Think Progress, who tweeted an entire thread about the women who came forward about Donald Trump. The former Miss Finland, Nene Lackinson, Jessica Drake, Karina Virginia, Kathy Heller, Summer Zervos, Kristen Anderson, Jessica Leeds, Rachel Crooks, Mindy McGilvray, Natasha Stoinoff, Jennifer Murphy, Cassandra Cyril, Temple, Taggart, McDowell, the former Miss Utah, Jill Harth, and he bragged about it. Yeah. So we'll add that to the list. And I'm reading their names because you know why? Their names are important. Yeah. They're human beings and they came forward and they deserve to get credit for their courage and bravery, knowing that they would be absolutely attacked, destroyed in every way possible by political adversaries. And this is the thing. You know, I hate to say it's intertwined with politics, but it is right now. Because whenever I hear this president's voice, I have to mute it. Like, I literally can't listen to his voice. It is so upsetting to me. And I felt for a year, it's like being forced to listen to your rapist. <laughs> well, I mean, listen, there is a recording of Harvey Weinstein that The New Yorker has published um, if you are triggered by any of this, we do not recommend you listen to it. Read the transcript instead if you do want to do that. But just hearing his voice was enough for me. And I certainly have the same response to, you know, not just Donald Trump, all these folks that are really treating women. I mean, and I told you this, Liz, the flag and the national anthem are getting more respect from <laughs> this political office than women. President, say it. They it's are. president. They are. Yeah. Yeah, it's no, ridiculous. It's, it makes me sick to my stomach. And I don't care if you voted for him or not. This is an affront to all women, all parents. If you have a sister, a mother, a daughter, a niece, a friend who's a woman, then this is an affront to you. And it, it makes me sick to my stomach. Well, it's an affront to humans. I mean, yeah. and, and, you know, we talk about when something happens, right? And people will say, if you have a sister, you know, it, I can't imagine if my sister was treated like that after tragedy. Right. But it doesn't matter if it's your sister or your mother, it matters because we are human beings. These are human 
beings and no one should be treated like that. No one. But I do think that it's easier to find empathy when you replace these names with someone you know. Absolutely. And if you imagine, what if that were me and what if that were my daughter? And what's happening, at least for me, I did listen to the tape this morning. (laughs) Nobody gave me a trigger warning. I needed you this morning, Kristen. (laughs) So we're giving it to you now. And I was wrecked for like an hour. I was really upset because it suddenly brought up like a memory I had completely repressed in my first job about somebody who was supposed to be a mentor to me in advertising who was in their 50s and was a boss and encouraged me to have like a little affair with the client because hey you know he's kind of cute and wouldn't that be fun and looking back that was like pimping me out it's disgusting to think about it you know there's more details that I won't go into but I completely forgotten about that and it was so upsetting to think like oh my gosh I have been in that position, and I bet a lot of our listeners have been in that position. Oh, yeah. I mean, I have, too. I was in college, and I was working for a dentist, and he totally, like, smacked my butt. I remember. And I was like, I was pissed. Yeah, I was pissed. I was like, I'm out. See you later. I was done. And I actually never spoke to him again. I lost a lot of money because he was my employer, but um, I didn't care. And that's not the only time. But unfortunately, situations like that people can relate to. Yeah. And by the way, there is nuance here and people think, oh, well, this, you know, it wasn't rape or it wasn't sexual assault. It doesn't matter. You don't do that to people. It doesn't matter whether you got smacked on the ass or someone tried to pimp you out or people were just complimenting your body parts, whatever it is. Sure. I understand that there is a continuum here. You know, some things are illegal and some things are just gross, but it's all wrong. It all should not be happening at all. Well, maybe it's just all slippery slope. Like on one hand, we walk down the street and some guy makes comments about your body or screams about you or goes, hey, smile more. Like, what's wrong with you? You'd look so much prettier if you weren't glaring at me. And then the next thing you know, some guy's groping you in the dentist chair or cornering you in the basement of a restaurant when you're supposedly on a job interview. And I think this predatory behavior is rewarded by silence. It is rewarded by silence. You're right. It, it, it grows in silence. It festers in silence. I also think that there has been for too long this idea that women need to be polite we need to worry about how other people are feeling Mm -hmm. we need to make sure we look okay we don't want to make a scene you know all of those things that have been perpetuated can i just say what the fuck donna karen Uh, did you see what she said yes my jaw dropped where she said well maybe women are responsible for how they've been dressing and how provocative we are and how sexual we are have you seen your own ads lady (laughs) Like, are you kidding me? Like, she's blaming the short skirt on somebody being, like, abused by a serial predator. Yeah. I am shocked and horrified. And if I owned anything of hers, I would be burning it right now. <laughs> but I don't. And I'm glad. Ha! <laughs> oh, but seriously, though, <laughs> this is so far ingrained in us. And I am glad that it's at least coming to the surface. But I know that it's not just about us, right? Like, we're not the only ones reading this on Twitter. We're not the only ones seeing it on other social networks and talking about it with our friends. Our kids are hearing it too. And I know some of you listeners have very small kids. You have babies even, or maybe you don't have any kids at all. But there are others like us that have older kids and they're on their phones. They're on social media. They are hearing these messages and seeing our reactions, right? I mean, that's the thing. Even if they're not on social media, they're seeing us visibly upset. Yes. And you know what? I I will be honest. There's a difference between having a baby girl and making jokes about, oh, one day I'll be chasing off the boys or she's not dating until she's 35 or whatever you say and suddenly seeing your 10 or 12 or 13 year old daughter like 
growing breasts and looking right. womanly and amazing and thinking, oh my God, this is going to happen to her one day. Yeah. Because it will. And that's what I had to sit down and say to my girls is something will happen to you one day because it does. It just does to everyone. Hopefully it's not like the worst of it. But, you know, I sat down stage, who's 10, and I said to her one day in college, I still remember this. I was in Boston walking through Kenmore Square. I was 19 and a guy, maybe like 30, I remember him to a T mm-hmm. and he stopped me on the side walk really busy midday and said excuse me miss do you know what time it is and I said oh and I stopped looked at my clock and he grabbed my breasts oh my god and ran away and I was so horrified yeah upset shamed I just felt disgusting and awful and like maybe today knowing now more I might have reported it but of course I didn't because what women are taught is like just let it go don't make a fuss what are you going to do they're not going to do anything about it you know you don't want to have to go through it again and talk to police about it and so I think we really were trained by the culture the media parents institutions who knows to just kind of let it go. And that women are always taught, like, be nice, let it go, don't make a scene. And so when I talked to my daughter, I, I, you know, I also told her a story about being like grabbed by a guy on the subway. Right. Well, this was when I was in my 20s and had a voice. (laughs) Yeah. Fortunately. And I said, get your hands off my ass really loudly and really firmly. And people all turned around and the guy kind of scurried away. And I explained to her that will happen at some point because there are men, not all men, most men are kind and decent and wonderful, especially those on the subway who stood up really tall to see like who they had to beat up for me. <laughs> well, that's good. But there are plenty of people who will take advantage because they think it's crowded. You're not going to say anything. You're going to be embarrassed. You would probably cry instead of get mad. There, There's no repercussions, basically. Right. And there are sick people out there who will take advantage of that. And so I taught her to use her voice. And we practiced it for the last two days to say, get your hands off me or don't touch me or, you know, yeah. any number of things. So you're prepping her, huh? I mean, that's that's yeah. what you're doing. No, you're both of them. Her. I mean, we've had yeah. to, you know, I said it again to my older daughter tonight. And she's like, I know, mom, you've told me like three times. Yeah. But <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to tell it to you 40 more times. But the thing is, we're so comfortable as parents saying like, don't do drugs or don't get in the car with strangers or don't pet strange dogs. But we're not comfortable talking about sexuality. I mean, this kind of goes back to the period episode, right? But yeah, like, sure. we're not comfortable saying if a man grabs your breasts on the street, you should scream and throw something at him and call for a policeman, you know? Well, I mean, you're bringing up gender inequality. And I think that's just a really difficult conversation to have. It's a difficult conversation to have with girls. It's difficult to have with boys who don't understand that at some point in time, or actually already, especially my kids who are mostly white. Yeah. A quarter Asian, but they pass as white, that my son will make more, will have more opportunities probably than his sisters when really they're equal in our household. But well, how do you talk to him about stuff like this? Do you talk to him about kind of responsibility as far as women and respect and sexuality? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, And what I do is try to use them as an example, as in don't ever do that. Like that is not how you act. And I do that with people who are like Harvey Weinstein, who are disgusting human beings. And I also just do it with people. And I'll say males, for example, who maybe are irresponsible or who don't chip in in a household or whatever. Of course, not in my household right now. I've got a great partner who chips in. But I want him to know that 
he has responsibilities that he needs to take care of. You know, if he decides to have kids, that he needs to be a co-parent, he needs to not be asked to do stuff, that he should be doing it. I want him to be able to have role models. And I think by using bad examples, but then also showing him good examples. Like, look at that dad. Look what he did. Or he made his daughter's lunch. We've got a lot of great dads in our school that always pick up their kids from school and play with them and take them out and do really cool things. And I really make a point to point those things out. I think that's a great tactic. Look how cool those dads are. Look how awesome it is that they made lunch. And sure, we shouldn't be appreciating dads in general for making lunch. It's just something you do as a parent. But I point it out because I want him in particular and my girls to see that that is how they should be acting. I think it's great. I don't think that's like giving dads extra credit. I think it's no different than I point out to my girls, like, look at how nice that kid was to hold the door open for that lady. You should always hold a door open and look behind you in a restaurant before shutting the door so you don't send the door on someone. Right, right. Pointing out good behavior is great. And I'm especially glad you do it with your son because, you know, I was so happy to start to see celebrities really jumping in and putting themselves on the line with this. Yeah. And look, they have a lot to lose. You know, these are like powerful people that control and make and break careers. Jessica Chastain yesterday tweeted, I'm sick of the media demanding only women speak up. What about the men? Perhaps they're afraid to look at their own behavior. Right. And I was really appreciative that she was basically calling out, this is not a woman's issue. This is, like you were saying, a human issue. Everybody should be speaking up. And, you know, it's interesting. I talked about it with my boyfriend who is, I would like to call him a feminist. I don't know if he'd use that word, but he is. Like, he's marched with us for women's rights. He's really a great supportive ally. Mm-hmm. However you define that. And he said, you know, I think it's hard for men right now because we kind of don't know what to say. We want to say the right thing. And I think everyone's scared that they'll say the wrong thing and get called out for it or find themselves in the middle of a debate they're not ready to be in. And, you know, he wants to do the right thing. And I said, what I do in situations like that is I amplify. So I go on Twitter and I find what other people are saying that I think is wonderful and I just retweet it. Like, let someone else say it better than me. Yeah, absolutely. And he already does that. I mean, he's great at that. But I really appreciated his point that, like, it's not that a lot of men are not speaking up because they're complicit. This is a terrifying subject. Well, we have for too long normalized this behavior. And I think you can agree with me on that. That over the years, we have normalized this behavior. And the only way it's going to change is if we point out that this is not acceptable. I mean, because listen, I heard some of the stuff that Harvey Weinstein's accused of. I've heard that before. I've been in situations many times where people have spoken like that. Maybe not to me, but maybe to other people near me. And it's become normalized. So what we need to say to our kids, to each other, is that is aberrant behavior. That is not acceptable. That is not how people act. Again, we can do that all we want for our kids, but then guess what? It's rewarded because we've got people still playing professional sports that have abused women. We have people in the White House that have abused women. And so this is the challenge for parents. And you know what? We need to find the role models. And unfortunately, the people who should be role models, the people in power who should be role models for the next generation are not. So that's why I'm looking for those people. And I think there are so many parents out there that are looking 
for people that can be those role models, that can say, no, this is not the behavior. Look at what I'm doing. Look at how I'm treating my family, my children, the people around me, and follow their example. Because, you know, we can tell our kids all we want, but then they see, oh, look who got like a football contract or a basketball contract or look who got freaking voted into the White House. And then they say, mom, you're telling me this isn't right, but yet they're getting rewarded. Yeah. You know, and that is what, that's what makes our job. This is why we drink mojitos on a Tuesday night, Liz. This is why. I know. I did. I drank (sighs) a mojito and it's really humid out and now I'm really dehydrated (laughs) and I've been crying all day. I'm going to be a mess tomorrow. Here, here's Ugh. the thing that I think is going to happen next, and you know who knows. Right. I think this is going to break a lot of stuff up, and where people are going to come forward with a lot more allegations about a lot more people. I agree with you. But I'm looking now at today, October 10th. The New York Times came out with a piece, as did that New Yorker article that Ronan Farrow did, where they named names: Gwyneth Paltrow and Angelina Jolie and Rosanna Arquette. People came forward and specifically gave details about Harvey Weinstein, what he did to them, how he threatened them. Some of them really felt that he, he, you know, like. Roseanne Arquette was saying, he basically tanked my career. Mm-hmm. And then there were the women like Tommy and Roberts or Catherine Kendall, who, like names you don't know as much, but they, you know, some of them said they just got out of the industry because of it. Yeah. Here's what's yeah. going to happen, well. though. Now we're going to have to figure out this awful in-between place where someone like Gwyneth Paltrow was 22 years old. Right. It was like her first job. And she's a savvy lady. I mean, her yeah, parents yeah. are both, sure. you know, her dad, Bruce Paltrow, is a huge producer and her mom is Blythe Danner and she's in Hollywood so this is not like a naive little girl and she still was like you know assaulted and propositioned by him in a totally inappropriate way and she felt that while she had to kind of keep the silence and get along and make friends with him and brush it under the table and now uh, this is not to place blame or point fingers or deflect but I can't imagine what women like her and and Angelina Jolie and these women who've known about it yeah. are feeling right now right because right. I'm sure there's like that balance of feeling like yes I'm gonna speak out now because it's the right thing to do and then why didn't I do this 20 years ago and then understanding that the culture and the times have changed to some degree and now it's you know we have more of a platform and we're more empowered to speak well, out and there's strength in numbers too I mean yeah. you know granted did they think that they were the only one? Perhaps they did. But, you know, to be that one person to speak out is really hard. It really is. The one thing I don't want to do is blame oppressed people. And I I don't mean that by speaking in generalities. I mean, when you are a young woman and you're rising in your career, it's easy to say, well, just say stop and march out of there and you just go find a job at Starbucks if that's what it takes. It's not that easy to be that person. No, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, why do abused people stay? I was like, well, if that happened to me, I would have been out of there. No, nobody knows. said than done. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. How how an abused person will act in that moment. I, I mean, one of the things that I'm trying to focus my energy on is being thankful that they did come forward. What is next? Yeah. Not worrying about why didn't they say anything before? What took them so long? Guess what? They did it now. It was the right time for them. And where do we go from here? Yeah. It, it's out now. It's out now. So what is next? And I, I'll be honest, my fear is that it just becomes part of the new cycle. Yeah. And it goes away. I don't think it's going away. I really don't. I hope and, not. You know, you asked earlier in this conversation, like, kind of what's changed, what's happened. Here's what's happened. Twitter, Facebook, social media, that 10 years ago, 
if Harvey Weinstein wanted to plant a negative story about you in the New York Post to tank your career, he could. And now we've democratized conversation and media and anybody can have a platform and get the word out if they need. And I think it's empowered people, you know, as many problems as there are with social media right now. That's all other episode. I think it's given people a voice and the tools to be amplified and have that voice heard no matter who you are or how famous you are. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I think that that's really a wonderful aspect of Web 2.0. And I'm glad that my kids have that opportunity to like know that they always have a voice and that they don't have to go through 10 gatekeepers to be heard. Yeah, I guess that's a great point. Heavy sigh. <laughs> I know. I'm going to keep crying. I mean, I really, this is really upsetting for me. Well, you know me. I like feel everything deeply. I cry at every single movie. I cry at every commercial. Well, no, I mean, this is, this is to be felt deeply. And, and listen, to be fair, we have felt deeply about many of the awful incidents that have occurred over the months. Yeah. And our choices of highlighting one versus the many others, you know, we could go into our reasoning, but we felt as though this in particular was something that we needed to talk about right away. Yeah. Well, I think the difference is you're like my therapy right now. Like I need to talk this out with you. And I'm hoping that this will be cathartic for other women and other listeners who need to talk it out or have someone to talk it out with. Yeah. Even if we're just on your car speakers right now and you just feel like we're sitting with you. <laughs> I know. And we wanted to just check in because we knew how we were feeling about it. We knew that you listeners or most of you or some of you might be feeling the same way. And we just wanted to say, we hope you're okay. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your children, give them big hugs, and know that there are people like us and many others who are here to hopefully provide support and information and a place for you to do what we just did to each other, which is basically silent scream. <laughs> <laughs> We're not so silent. And I think it's also whatever you're feeling is okay. If you're angry, if you're upset, if you're feeling traumatized, don't let people tell you you're a triggered snowflake. It's okay to be a triggered snowflake. It's it's okay to be sad and be human and have emotions. If this is upsetting you, Jimmy Kimmel, if this is upsetting you, you cry, man. You cry. <laughs> I am with you. I also wanted to just point out a few websites for people. If you've oh, been great. through this or if you are having a really hard time, I mean, this is literally from a fast Google search and I know you can find your own, but there's the National Sexual Assault Telephone Hotline, RAIN. It's R-A-I-N-N.org. There's safehorizon.org, which helps get you help if you've been the victim of rape or sexual assault. A voice for the innocent.org is a community that supports people who have been affected by sexual abuse in any way. There's another organization called onlywithconsent.org. There are so many organizations and support groups and people who are here to help you that if you are having a hard time with this, like <laughs> I know I've been, <laughs> yep. but um, you know, some people are really not functioning through this right now. And I think it's bringing up a lot of stuff in a lot of women. And if you're struggling, just please know that there's help and there's people who care and we feel you. <laughs> we're, we're there too. Absolutely. And listen, we will be back with more Spawned episodes on lighter topics and perhaps even heavier topics. But we appreciate you listening. We appreciate hearing from you. If you've got something to say, if you want to share a story, or if you just want to tell us 
something that's been going on with you, drop us an email. We're at spawned at coolmompics.com and we would love to hear from you. Yeah. And look, if you have any resources that you think are fabulous or great advice for talking to your own kids, what are the things that you're saying right now? How are you coping with this? We would really love to hear anything you have to tell us. Spawned at coolmompics.com. You never know who else it might help. Thanks for listening, everyone. We will be back next week with another episode of Spawned.